Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master Studio, where we're talking tabletop role-playing, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today, we're going on part two of our discussion of rewarding players, getting more into in-game rewards as opposed to out-of-game. In the studio today, my name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show today. With me is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. I have leveled up. So last week we were talking in-game rewards. Our sound rewards. system is great. <laughs> in-game rewards such as experience, inspiration, and uh, so on and so forth. I think you might mean out-of-game rewards. Out-of-game rewards, like <laughs> ex- expiration, inspiration. <laughs> out-of-game rewards like experience, inspiration, and other things that don't come into the actual world of the game. Today, we're talking about in-game rewards, which is going to be treasure, boons, glory, fame, and all those other fun stuff that the players are really actually looking for. And apparently, both Jared and Ed was the first thing they thought of when we brought up this topic. No, not me. I knew you were trying to trick us. Uh, Yeah, so in-game rewards... Certainly the players are going to love getting them just as much as they're going to love the auto game rewards, but this is something they can actually have their character use and can help either make them better or help them influence the world, that sort of thing. And as a DM, it's something you, I think you should enjoy giving. For me, handing out yeah. handing out rewards, you know, seeing people get excited, you know, it's, it's kind of like giving gifts on Christmas. You're like, hey, here's something I know you really wanted, and now you get to play with it. You know, handing out something that fits the build or or enough money to finally be able to get that upgrade or something along those lines. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and of course, right off the bat, first thing you're going to think of coins, money, treasure, gems can fall into that, yeah. various other things. Um. You want to make sure that you're giving your players cash in order to survive, to play, to the characters to live yep. without necessarily going so far overboard that you're making them like instant millionaires. Right. So you have to. I mean, unless that's on purpose. Right. Right. You can I suppose you could do that. You can definitely do that. There is um, what was referred to as the Monty Hall campaign. Yeah. Um, for anybody that's not familiar, Monty Hall was the host of Let's Make a Deal in which people could win. Ex- just amazing, exaggerant sums of money for very little effort. Right. Uh, so you will want to avoid just handing out, or unless you're doing it intentionally, you don't want to hand out massive amounts of reward for very little work. Right. Uh, just because that'll wind up with your players getting kind of a sense of entitlement and, oh, I have all this money and I didn't really have to do anything for it, so it doesn't really matter. So... One of the first things I'd like to bring up in this is in today's sort of video game culture, where gamers are also people who play a lot of video games, and maybe newer gamers are people who were more, I guess, attuned to video games and tabletop uh, gaming, a lot of them are going to expect to be able to loot everything, like every monster, 
every crate, that sort of thing. So that's up to you and your gameplays to if you want to incorporate that. You certainly can. Usually when I have crates and barrels, they're not filled with treasure, you know, they'll but there there might be, you know, trade goods or they might be spoiled, you know. Yeah, we I had a game with an old school gamer and he he admitted he's like I'm I'm old school. I used to play basic D&D and all that. And I remember the first time they kill it, it was like a displacer beast. It's like I want to you know, I want to cut off the tentacles, okay? And skin it. Uh, okay, and pull out the claws and pull out the teeth and get the heart. We got to grind up the bones and this and that. So you're going to have the old school gamers. They're going to be looking to loot and get everything they can as well. No, that's true. I I think the distinction I meant was the new school guys are looking for coins. Everything has a drop. I I think, you know, and that that might be a thing that they're looking for. But you're absolutely right. Old school gamers, various, uh, the more hardcore old school guys, they're going to do basically the same thing. But they're going to be like, well, the skin has to be worth something. The claws have to be worth something. They're going to. This is an alchemical ingredient and this can be used in a spell. And this can, you know, like wizards are going to pay good money for these tentacles. And now I would consider uh, going back to our previous topic about um, out of game. Uh, rewards. I would actually consider like almost giving them a penalty if they do that. If they their character ha- should have no reason to know that, you know, maybe okay. Well, I'll gut the thing and drag it to town and see if it's worth anything. Sure. And then if you know Displacer Beast tails are absolutely worth something, then every time you fight a Displacer Beast, you could cut off its tails. That makes sense, you know. But if you're just Joe Schmo and you killed the thing, why mm-hmm. would you? Right. Yeah. Why cut would it you and- know that all this stuff could be a valuable ingredient right. to the right people? I actually did have another another game recently where yeah. they killed this displacer beast and someone was like, well, aren't they using like medical like medical or magical experiments and stuff? And I was like, OK, roll Arcana. Mm-hmm. They rolled high enough. And like, well, there's the there might be some ichor in the tentacles that might be useful in like illusion and, and stuff. And it's like, OK, well, can I try to harvest it? I'm like roll survival. See what you do. Yeah. So kind of a specialized... Uh, He's been spending like three sessions trying to find somebody to buy that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could be like, well, I mean, uh, it's, you know, harvesting the ichor is kind of a specialized, you know, like... Uh, uh, I can't think of the word. Uh, process, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, right. well, you need special tools. Or you have to have special training to properly harvest it. You know what I mean? Just make it not worth their time if you don't want them to dwell on it. You know, that kind of thing. And then you are going to have some players who are going to obsess and be like, okay, we're, we're starting a Displacer Beast farm. But the other thing you can do is like, okay, well, you want to harvest everything? Well, you're carrying around an extra 200 pounds worth of stuff. So you're now moving at a slow speed. You're now forcing the whole party to move three hours, you know, three miles an hour instead of six miles an hour or whatever their normal pace might have been. Uh, you now have rotting flesh that you're dragging along. So now you have these predators that are tracking you. Disadvantage you know? on social checks because you're carrying yeah. around rotting meat. Right, exactly. So now, now there's a pack of displacer beasts hunting you down. You know what I mean? Like make make it to the, you know, not worth their wild. Right. And of course, as Jerry mentioned, uh, you got to find someone to buy it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to little towns and villages. Yeah. You're not going to find anybody, you know, maybe after a couple of sessions, a GM might be nice and be like, yeah, there's a wizard that lives over here. You go to, you go to the, uh, to the big city and you wind up going to the Mr. Magic shop. It's yeah. a franchise. Don't you know? Oh yeah. So yeah, I guess we can, we can go on to, uh, those sorts of rewards. Cause I know, one thing that I and I've done it a lot myself uh, and a lot of players that I have do it is after you beat creatures that have gear, you take their gear. Now, fifth edition has made this really simple. If they are monster style characters, 
they have crap armor, they have crap weapons, stuff that you would wouldn't bother taking. Well, but it, some of them don't. Like got like hobgoblins have chainmail and shields and longswords. Yeah. Well, it specifically says in the fifth edition player's handbook in the equipment chapter, often overlooked, is if you're taking the used items off somebody that's been using them in combat. Yeah. Rather than you you know start normally it'd be sell it for half price, it would be sell for a quarter or less. Yeah. So it gets to the point where it's not even worth it. Yeah. yeah, you're carrying around a lot of heavy, yeah. dead weight. Exactly. But and a lot of people also miss that. And they're like, well, you know, half price, you know, half price on a suit of chainmail. I mean, like if chainmail's 50 gold brand new, half price is 25. I guess that's worth it. Yeah, that's but worth that's worth stocking like up on that chainmail. Going 10 to 12 if it's used. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you could you could always sort of touch it up if you have a mage with mending or something they could. Yeah fix it up a little bit but as a as a rule like one thing i do is you know i I don't mind like some areas doing that but then i kind of think back on it and you know uh as far as i know blacksmiths want to sell goods not necessarily buy them no you know they're only gonna buy it if they think it's worth it yeah like oh i can fix this up and sell it for triple the money yeah or uh um you know or whatnot so i'm short on steel and if you need good inspiration on that check out pawn stars yeah they buy stuff and fix it up but they're not going to do it unless they make a profit oh yeah and they want you know a big margin too because they don't know how long they're going to sit on it so definitely one thing i've done is i've gone down to like a quarter or ten percent and i'll also like in some cases be like okay well this is clearly like goblin style armor you know so yeah okay you got i have it planned out you guys should be facing a ton of hobgoblins so you're going to get me getting a ton of chainmail and swords and shields but geez i don't want you looting and selling them all so yeah these are goblin style and just out of uh just not wanting them they're just not going to buy them another thing I think it'd be can... interesting to actually try to drive that home with having the, the blacksmith kick them out get offended over it yeah exactly no yeah you know, definitely you, yeah, like, i don't cater to goblins around here <laughs> Uh, another thing you can do too to you know to for the whole quality and, and value is look at how you the, the party killed that enemy right like if they fireballed the living crap out of it like this stuff's not worth anything it's right maybe smelted. it's burnt up <laughs> yeah you know or i mean even or like i am impa- you know you they were impaled 30 times by a vorpal blade like yeah. Dude, this thing's full of holes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or you, you took him out with a great axe it's split in half yeah Oh, yeah, you broke it. You know, it's, yeah. it's damaged. You killed him good. You killed the armor good, too. <laughs> and that that's definitely something you can do. So if you they go up against, like, 10 dudes, they're like, okay, let's take all the armor off of these guys, make bank off the armor. Well, okay, first, just so you know, you're probably not going to make bank off the armor, but you could sell it for some profit. Yeah, it's scrap metal, okay. I guess. <laughs> um, but also, you guys did destroy some of it. So out of the 10 suits, you guys get uh, maybe, th- maybe three that you can sell pretty good, and then, like, another four that'll... Still make you some money, and every one of them's got blood all over it. Yeah, and they're all they're all bloody and they're all gunky. But another way you can just, I mean, back on the the primary topic of being rewards, a way to discourage a lot of this scavenging is to just hand out money that you know it's like okay well right you could you could spend a lot of time to earn maybe 25 gold or there's also a pouch with 300 gold on him exactly like why are you going to take the time and the effort to make another 20 gold when the dude's got a pouch with 300 gold on him just move on with your lives okay guys (laughs) and 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 that's that's something i have brought up is like you guys could certainly take this out of your time but that's in character time that you're using you could just go to the next part of the dungeon and maybe there's going to be more gold there yeah so if you're just handing out you know regular fair amounts of of money then they're not going to worry about scavenging for every penny exactly yeah if you reward them well 
I found a fun in-game usage for for the tendencies to scavenge um, because I'm running a fairly good sized grip. It's six players, and what they'll do is they'll be like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna search the room. We're gonna search the bodies," and I will have a list of like four to five things that could be found, and have those ranked and go, "Okay, everybody, make a search check." And what did you get? And whoever gets the highest gets what I have ranked at number one on the list. And then number two, number three. So, oh, you got the highest roll. That means you right. find the magic sword. You got the next highest roll. You find these gems. You find these coins. You find these lesser coins. You find this book with information. It's non-magical, but. Right. Uh, so that way, you know, the, you've got the interplayer competition. Oh, I got this, which is really cool. I got that. But you also have. You know, I'm giving you guys everything rather than just handing it all to it. You have individual achievement. Yeah. And we've, we've had it happen where like, oh, the rogue found a longsword. And he's like, I want to keep my rapier, but the fighter can use this. Yeah, yeah. Trade it off. And like, hey, here you go. One thing that's been happening in a group I'm actually playing in uh, is there's because there's so many um, characters, uh, everyone immediately wants to loot. So you drop the thing. Everyone's like, I searched the room and they're like trying to almost uh, cut over each other. It's actually gotten a lot better recently. So there's really not a lot of that overcutting. But one thing we actually did or uh, uh, I, I sort of I got maybe half suggested. I'm not sure, but uh, was OK. Well, I'm going to search this room. You search that room. And so now you have one player searching you know, room X. So that helps in a couple of ways. One, you don't have 50 you know, five people searching the same room and just, you know, throwing numbers at the GM and making them go, Oh God, what are you doing? You know, uh, it's just like, okay, this character searches. And if they, if they fail, they don't find anything and someone wants to double check that. Okay. That makes sense. Um, but you do that. But if they, if they do get a good search or, or whatnot, then if you had a, uh, character specific reward, that's a good time to give it to them. You know, like, oh, your dwarven cleric's been uh, walking around. You don't have a magic item yet. You know, I wanted to give you, uh, you know, uh, uh, a magical shield. Well, you rolled well. And hey, under the bed's a magical shield, you know. Yep. Um, I've had a couple of experiences with that, with something similar to that, that have been really useful. And I've incorporated a little bit. One of them is. Uh, before, like early in the campaign, before we get too far into it, is I'll ask my players, so what type of magic items would you like? Yeah. What would work well for your character? What type of things would you like to see? So like, a, oh, like a wish list? Kind of like a wish list. Yeah, those are good. And I have players give me wish lists with 10, 15, 20 items on it. And they may get two, three, four off that list, but it gives me an idea of what they're looking for. And it's perfectly okay to have, like, you can say, I want a cloak of displacement or a cloak of resistance or a cloak of flying. And just you might get, cool cloak, get one of those cloaks. <laughs> I just want a cloak. You everything. Um, but that's a, a useful one. The other that I haven't really been able to implement because this was in our fourth edition game. And one of the benefits of fourth edition, I know there's people out there rolling their eyes like, oh man, fourth edition. But every item. Magical item in 4th edition was leveled and quantified, and everything that was the same level was the same cost. So the DM would often say, okay, who's you're finding an item, who does it go to? And we're like, oh, we decide who it goes to. Okay, you can pick any item, like any magical weapon up to 5th level, or any item valued at 2,000 gold or less, 
or right. anything. You, he gives those parameters, but we get to go through and choose. So there was a lot of, oh, I've got this item and we're taking a break and I'm flipping through and looking at all the different stuff I could get before I finally choose exactly what I want. I will admit, fifth edition, that would be a lot harder because they're very broad categories. Yes, they are. And you'll have things that like are very rare and would barely be significant in any situation. And then other things that are very rare and it's like a a freaking might as well be, you know, an artifact weapon. You know, it's it's there's a sort of a big imbalance there but you could also do that along the lines of okay here's five items pick one of those and that's what you find right or you could just again like i think you've mentioned similar concept of like well it's a plus one weapon the weapon is whatever you need it to be depending on who gets the item you know what i mean like okay you you're the fighter you normally use long swords okay you you guys are okay with him getting it okay you have a plus one long sword okay well you're the wizard okay well, you get a plus one you know mage wand you know whatever you know depending on the situation like it's a plus one weapon x yeah it definitely makes sense you know to sort of cater to the group that way and most most groups are you know should be good enough there's no reason why the wizard needs the plus one longsword when the fighter who uses a shield and a longsword doesn't have one. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. If, pretty bad, but I'm going to sell it. If, <laughs> if your wizard is an elf and uses a longsword anyway, and you get a second magical longsword, sure, definitely. They could lay claim to it if there's no one else that really needs it. But, you know, it, it should go to the person who but, needs it the most. And that also comes down to working with your players and trusting your players exactly you need to work as a team you need we've to never cooperate. talked about that before trusting your players that should be a topic i think I, well i think we've brought it up before but it seems like it's been a little while since we've actually mentioned it uh, yeah that might be it yeah um but yeah um another thing with money i mean i know we're backtracking a little bit because we kind of moved on to magic items but we skipped money real quick yeah well, <laughs> well, the, well the, the thing with we're, money we're still in physical tangible rewards so yeah, yeah. it's all part we're of the still we're still there but i mean one of the things with money again especially again fifth edition dungeons and dragons i know we like dwell on this but one of the big things with that edition is magic items aren't really sold they aren't really bought you yeah. know you kind of like they're found and found only so like money's really just used for living you know living expenses equipment you know services so i mean you don't need to they don't need to hoard every single cent they get because they want to buy that magical chainmail because they're not going to be able to buy that magical chainmail it's not for sale anywhere right. they have to find it you want magical chainmail you better do you know do some history checks and find out where there might be one in a tomb somewhere yeah. <laughs> or yeah. pray that you get lucky now if you absolutely need to use a monetary system for um, magical items, then there are systems out there that have that. In previous editions of D&D will have that. You can use it as a base, but yes, in 5th, they try to steer away from that to not have there actually be a market for magical items. Yeah, I mean, again, DM discretion, you can do whatever you want. You, can, I mean, if you want magic items to be common and for sale everywhere, that's up to you. I think the actual rules as written actually has it, like some of the low-level stuff, like some of the potions. Yeah, they give, a, they give some base on. guidelines, yeah. But that's... that's well, like, yeah, I mean, potions any, are right in the player's handbook. Yeah, yeah but any, it's like anything more than like even I think scrolls aren't even yeah listed yeah they just make a much more much rarer much more mystical you know like a big event like you know getting a couple of ma- having a, a couple of magic items means that you're kind of like almost rich beyond measure because like even a king you know like you know couldn't afford to buy all the magic items off of you you know kind of concept that's kind of how, how they played up in fifth edition you know like even if you could find someone that could afford it you know no one would be able to or no right. one, you know they might not want the one item you have but but again on that kind of concept if you know if you're giving out steady decent monetary you know like gold rewards you know gold silver copper all that stuff 
then you know people don't need to scavenge for every penny because again they're not trying to save up for that plus three long sword that they've always been after right so a lot of you know, another thing to do you know so another thing you can do with your money you know is to actually have them invest in the world you know maybe i want to establish a business you know which then could make me more money down the road you know what i mean so yeah start a start a town yeah. or city so that's a, that's a kind of another way that you can reward them is you know with property or with opportunities to invest in you spending their money you know on like oh i want to buy this this yeah. tavern and brothel over here <laughs> actually my uh the game that i was in um or my monday group one of our games ended recently but in that game the gm because we had all had so much money and we weren't really using it a lot he did come up with the idea of well we could invest um, and, uh, we, he actually gave us the idea of an, or gave us the option to invest in a flying ship, you know, like someone had basically built it, but now he needed like the permits or something. He needed to pay off the debtors or something. So, uh, if you invest in this flying ship, it's, you can ride it. It'll, you know, I'm still the captain. It's still mine, but you guys are my investors. So basically I'll just use it to help your quest. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a reward offering things to the players to buy to, for them to spend money on. But eventually, again, if you're playing like the pure fifth edition style where like, you know, again, magic items can't be bought. Eventually, they're going to have so much money, they're not going to know what to do with it. Yeah, but basically they bought a ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, so you offer them opportunities to buy property, invest in, yeah. maybe yeah, even yeah. buy off a politician. You know what I mean? You know, right. you know, and, you know, inv- and invest, you know, invest in some businesses, invest in, you know, like maybe you want to like, I want to build a custom cast. The whole group's going to pull their money together and they're going to hire an architect and they're going to hire a whole bunch of people and they're going to build a custom keep where they're going to start their adventuring guild. Yeah. And, you know, and then halfway through construction, oh man, the, the coffers are empty. We got to go on a couple more adventures and get some more gold. Exactly. <laughs> you know, maybe you, maybe you find that keep. Um, and as you're trying to fix it up, you know, the local uh, uh, lords and whatnot come over and say, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. That's not your property. Yeah. You know, so now you, yeah, now you have to try to purchase it or, you know, like someone said, bribe, do that sort of thing. So, yeah, there's plenty of things that you want to think outside of the box for, for characters to be able to use their money on because the system was built for so long to give high rewards in gold because the idea was they would eventually go buy magical items. And now that that has changed up, there's still pretty decently high rewards in gold and art and all those things. But that big thing they're all supposed to go buy is gone now. There's not supposed to be a market for that. So now they've got all this money, you know, and if they don't, they might not spend much of it. And by 10th level, they're sitting there looking at, you know, 10,000 gold thinking, what's the point? One of my favorite uh, bits from a game for as far as, you know, spending the rewards was after the successful uh, quest out and return to town, take care of everything player comes back comes to the inn dumps like 150 gold on the bar and says drinks on this until it runs out throws a gem to the bard play your rowdy's drinking song don't stop till the sun comes up we are going to have a party tonight Yeah, and another thing too is services. So, like you know, if you're playing in you know your atypical you know D and D world, maybe between the party always keeps ten thousand gold set aside for resurrections. 
true. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we never know when a party member is going to die. We might have to res them. So we just keep 10,000 gold set aside because that's the going rate in this world for, you know, a, a level nine resurrection, right. you know, or, you know, or, you know, we got or we're a little bit cheaper party. Maybe we only have five grand set aside for like a raised dead, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. So, you know, you can have those kind of services set aside or, hey, you know what? We don't have a cleric in our party. We need to hire an NPC to tag along on this next adventure. Right. You know, services is another big one that you can yeah. spend money on. And I know that it sounds like these aren't rewards, but if you're not offering ways for your group to spend money in interesting ways, then what's the point of them having the money? That's right. And that, that's kind of the point I was trying to make earlier. Tenth level character, 10 grand. Right, yeah. You know, looking plus, at all this money thinking I got nothing to do with it. And plus, if you have, if you've got the money, you've got that you stack set aside to resurrect you in the event you die you know in a way it is a reward because oh you messed up you died okay you're out of the action a day or two for them to get back to the temple get the resurrection done now you're back on your feet one up earned that ability (laughs) rather than then if you didn't have those rewards your option is well make your next character and and i'm certainly not advocating doing this every time because it'll get frustrating but if they establish that, maybe think, you know, three, four or five game sessions down the road. If it doesn't happen already, just naturally put them up against something that is going to kill one of them. Yeah. Like, OK, this this yeah. one's going to die. If you know that you, they you have... go into it knowing that and really trying to do it, you know, maybe they'll make their way out of it. But and then you do it and then, oh, well, we're glad we prepared and we did this, you know, resurrection fund because now, you know, this guy can get resurrected. Yeah. But I mean, either way, like if you know that they have coffers set aside specifically for resurrection, you're not going to hesitate to kill the party. Yeah. If, you know, if, if the the roll, you know, the die rolls that way, you're not going to be like, uh, that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. You know, you're less likely to fudge the, 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 the PC death roll and allow it to happen once in a while if they're prepared for it. Yeah. Because and again, you know, I, I know technically you're punishing them by killing them, but at the same time, you're rewarding them by like, you want proper planning, rewarding them by killing them. <laughs> you know what? You guys plan for this situation. You're being rewarded by showing that you're, you know, that your planning is, is paying off. Yeah, exactly. No, I agree you with could, that. You could almost argue that you're rewarding them by not cheating them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh, that would have killed you. I'm going to change that so it doesn't. Yeah. Well, no, I don't have to change that. You can have the authentic game experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, because you're ready for it. A game that you can't lose is boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. We've talked about that before in our you know player deaths you know episode. So, you know, killing off PCs, sometimes it should, you know, sometimes it's appropriate to happen and all the more reason if they're prepared for it. Like, you know, again, reward them by you guys planned ahead. Way to go, MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that we're talking about killing off players as part of the rewards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to something you mentioned, though, is picking up hirelings and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. Of course, you're going to have your low-level hirelings, like your servants or like your craftsmen, you know, those sorts of guys, you know, certainly have them and just sort of establish with the GM how much it's going to be to employ them, that sort of thing. Because you might have your own base or stronghold and say, hey, I want you to come work here and work on our stuff. Uh, but also, you're going to have, as you mentioned your uh, player character level hirelings, you know, yeah, maybe like a merc. Yeah. Like a merc, like maybe your group doesn't have a warrior. So you, you go hire, you know, a, a brute merc of some sort, or maybe you don't have a cleric. So you, you drag a priest along, you know, you've got to pay them a sum. And now you can actually get into the negotiations. Do we give him like uh, a, a little bit of money up front, but then allow him to share in the treasure that we get? Or do we say, Hey, we're going to give you what we consider to be a lot of money. We're, we'll negotiate, but you're only going to get like 10% of the coin that we 
right, that yeah. we receive, or maybe even none. Yeah, we're we're paying you X. That's yeah. your, what you you know. You're here to heal. You don't have to be on the front lines. You're right. here to keep us alive. We're gonna pay you ten thousand gold to go on a little journey with us. Keep us alive. Yeah. We get everything from this temple. Or exactly. you're gonna be an equal member of this party. We'll pay you an initial upfront investment, and then you're going to share in you know an equal portion of the the, yeah. the winnings. Now, definitely, yes, that does in fact sound like an equal portion for everybody involved. <laughs> yeah. Now, even though we are on this topic talking about in-game rewards, I would want to sort of cut back to out-of-game rewards on that is if you do have an NPC um, going out and helping them with this, then I, I would say that should cut into the XP because you have something else out yeah. there oh, yeah. keeping them alive. If that were a player, they would get XP. So certainly just, and all I do is I just, I just, dev- if it's five, if it's four players in an NPC, I just divide the XP by five and then I give everyone yeah, what it's supposed equal, to be. Yeah. So just do that. Keep, you can also keep track of the NPC's XP and they'll level up eventually. Yeah, exactly. You could certainly do that. And then they level up. Well, they want a pay increase. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now my race just went up. Bitch. <laughs> I'm better now. I can cast fifth level spells so i can raise dead now (laughs) my value just increased exponentially (laughs) i want to raise well sorry we're downsizing the party don't worry we can give you a work reference history (laughs) and you could even hire uh low level or mid-level player character raise uh player character npcs what am i trying to say class-based npcs uh to also do sorts of services for you like you might want like a i don't know maybe a wizard or a druid who can you know send messages to people you're like you're just maybe you don't have one in the group and you're like well, i want one yeah. who can just send messages to yeah i, I like we're a 10th level town. party but i just need a fifth level wizard that can do sending yeah exactly you yeah. know i just and, need to be able to relay to the king the, you know our progress reports i want a second level fighter who's going to Mind the cart, take care of the extra weapons. And keep my blade sharp. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And keep things up. Yeah, I uh, we did that. In no, our- you don't have to fight. You know, we're all seventh, eighth level. You're yeah. second level. You know, hang- yeah. Guard the horses. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's exactly it. That's what I did in. Uh, uh, actually, that same game I'm talking about early in the game. Uh, my dwarf hired a bunch of able-bodied dudes who were just, they didn't have a job. It's like, hey, straight up, we're adventurers, so this could be dangerous, but we're not asking you to fight. Just attend to the cart, tend to our gear, and tend to the horses while we're doing stuff. And they're like, cool, we'll tag along. And we paid them for it. And I can't remember who it was. I think one of you guys mentioned one of our previous episodes. Uh, again, don't remember the topic, but eventually getting to the point where you have so much money that you're hiring NPCs out to go and do an adventure for you. Oh, yeah, I think Jerry might have. Yeah, we're like, okay, we're like, we're like I'm 15th level. You know what? Here's some money. Go take care of clearing out the skeletons in this nearby town. Not worth my time. Yeah, right. I'm going to go get this legendary item from this temple down the road. <laughs> I, was, I was clearly along because I was clearly wrong because Jerry's giving me this kind of look at like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I don't remember maybe, that. It's maybe cool I idea. did it. Maybe I did it. And I forgot. It's a cool idea. I will admit that. And it's especially possible. If, you know, know, especially if you're running like an adventurer's guild or something along those lines. You know what I mean? Yeah, like definitely. where you just want to like, you know, like I help. I kind of help maintain order in this region. Actually, so you I, guys handle this actually i might have brought that up because i'm i'm playing a heroes game right now uh that my character has sort of it's it's a villains game and my character has really sort of surpassed being a player character he's at the point where he really should be a non-player character at this point because he's like going into politics he's you know got millions of dollars he's got all these dummy corporations he's got all this money that he's making he's got a ton of power and yes like world scale stuff will be fun to play with him eventually 
but there's no reason he's going to lower himself to, well, this hero is disrupting my drug organization, so I'm going to go, you know, take him out. Right. He's going to hire mercs to go do that, you know. Yeah, I've so, got a, he's got a mind-controlled army to help him. And with that's kind of, of one of those things that, like, you could easily just assume that kind of stuff's going on in between, you know, that your actual adventures that your character is actually participating in. But it's kind of a nice opportunity to be like, okay, you're back home, you're in your keep, you're at the Adventurers Guild or whatever. Hey, there's a small riot going on at this nearby village. It's like, okay, we'll send send the newbies out to go deal with that. You know what I mean? Or you know what? Here's here's three hundred gold. I'm gonna hire some 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 tough dudes and you know just go hand, you know just go crack Make a some skulls. Yeah, exactly. Here's a brute squad. Go I crack some skulls. Squad. Deal with this. Uh, I just got this ancient tome and I'm gonna go find this artifact. You know, and I'm like, that's worth my time. <laughs> Call the brute squad. I'm on the brute squad. You are the brute squad. <laughs> um, and it could also be a fun one shot to be. Oh, yeah. Okay, you, you guys go. You guys go handle this problem. And, and then next week, those guys. Adam can't make it. So instead of continuing our storyline and leaving Adam behind, we're just we're going to play the guys who are going to clear out yep. just so that we know exactly how it went down. Mm-hmm. Frickin as Adam. if we have our hands in you know the you know the, the pudding and you know right. the whole time you know because we're actually controlling what's happening instead right. of the the dm coming back and going uh they cracked some skulls just like you said um there's corpses everywhere <laughs> <laughs> that's not what, what i meant <laughs> um, and then you also know that like oh um grab thor didn't make it back yeah now you know well, why. Now you know, yeah, how he died. Yeah, exactly. You, you know the whole story. You were there. You were part of it. And spe- speaking of NPCs and uh, tangible for the players or for the characters in game rewards, followers, cohorts. Yeah. Yep. People who want to help you out. You know, yeah, which kind of leads into the, the next section, like, you know, like earning titles and, and getting boons and stuff exactly. like that. You know, like yeah. as you gain a reputation, more and more people are going to naturally want to follow. Teach me, oh, great master yeah. of the Kung Fu arts. You are the greatest monk in the whole country. Please teach me. I want to know your ways. So maybe you're a fighter or a paladin or something and you hire out a low level NPC who's just got commoner stats and you, you he's your squire and you you're, and you say, I'm training him. And in game, you're continuously training him hey why not after a couple of levels you decide all right he's he's second level now i'm gonna actually roll some some stats for him you know give him give him a first or second level in in the same class that you're in because you're training him you know and you can also you can get prestige you can get that bonus in world um i remember having a game where early on okay our adventure we were nobody whatever you know we're working for we're working for the king but all that and then eventually we we get to meet the king and then a little later on we foil an assassination plot and later and i had at one point where my character is going in and the dm has stopped by the guard it's like you know the king is in a meeting you know isn't going to see anybody and i i'm just i said i'm just gonna look at him do you know who I am? Right. You know, and it's like uh, roll intimidation. The guy, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. You know, yes, you can go in. And, you know, my character walks in and the king immediately, oh, oh, was, what news is there? You know, completely blowing off the meeting that he was in. Because if I'm showing up, something's going down. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I can't. And speak. as a player, that must have been a great feeling. That was awesome. Just to, I am yeah. the fist of the king. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. I'm like, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm like, I know that like a lot of people, like not only do they want to physically have that power for their character, but to have that reputation behind right. it, to be able to say like, uh, what I say goes or be like, do you understand who you are messing with right now? And then going, oh crap, it's the hundred man slayer. <laughs> he single-handedly killed the hundred men in one night my Crap. Char- <laughs> my character in that game was a monk and he was 
called the Fist of the King. Yeah. Nice. And because he was an, an enforcer of order and law, yeah. and even to some of the, like he showed up and people were like oh 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 no 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 yeah but to have that reputation and to have earned that title you know and to and what's nice is to not just be given it to, but to know that you've earned that in game you know what I mean like I'm an 18th level freaking wizard I have earned yeah. the right of Grand Master Illusionist in the realm you know what I mean like I am the man no, no piss ant guards gonna tell me I can't go in there <laughs> yeah, right you know. And again, like, you know, back to because this is an easy, uh, easy one to kind of wrap all those ideas behind is like, you know, going back to like the monk, you know, like I'm a 19th level monk. I have reached, you know, I have been given the title of Grandmaster Fuba of the art of the Kung Fu monkey fists. And you have all these followers and all these people coming to you to learn. And again, you spend time training your first group and they all become second level. Now they can go ahead and start training, you know, uh, all the newbies, you know, until eventually, you know, like, you know, again, like I taught these people to be black belts. They're fifth level or third right. level or whatever equivalent level you want to have like be black belts that are now strong enough to be able to be the uh teachers for the next group you know what i mean and can you kind of start like this big kung fu monastery or buddhist temple or whatever yeah, you right. want to do and you, you start having almost like this army underneath your belt just because people wanted to learn your special martial art because you have this huge title and a, a reputation across the realms right, right, right and then you look back and you're like not only am i an 18th level or 19th level monk but like I got like 300 students under me, you know, I have, you know, and a lot of them pay dues and I like, I just by existing earn 3000 gold a week. You know what I mean? Like I'm freaking awesome. Right. And then I get to go into my back room and look at all the magic items that I've, you know, single handedly, you know, won by, you know, doing all my adventuring and stuff. You know what? Time to call up. You know what? I'm feeling a little nostalgic. Time to call up the old party. Let's go find an artifact. Right, right. <laughs> hey guys. I'm a little bored. Anybody hear about a lich we can go out and kick around for a while? Right. Hey, remember that dragon we had to avoid when we were all level seven? I think we could probably go take him now. Dude, I forgot about that. I owe him one. Right? <laughs> yeah, but to, I mean, like, how cool, you know, and that's one of those, like, when you have, like, a really long running campaign where you can go, you know, where you, and you each player kind of has their own little side thing that's going on where all of a sudden it's like, you know what? We're getting the band back together. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know what, guys? I just found this ancient scroll that shows me one of the where one of the dragon orbs are i'm gonna call up my friend so-and-so who's currently like the the fist of the king i'm gonna call up my you know my other buddy who's like the head you know cleric of the entire country i'm gonna call up this you know like all everyone in your party is now an important person you know in the realm right. in the world and you're calling them up like they're just, you know, like they're your roommate, like they're like to you, they're no, you know, they're just a friend, but to everybody else, they're like, they, they're bowed to <laughs> and just like, let's get the old band back together. We're going to go to go get a dragon orb. Sounds fun, man. I'm free this weekend. <laughs> I just see like the, the the king of the or not the king, the leader of the royal guard standing there in formation with with all of his people and like this the master thief comes out of nowhere and it's like, hey, Stinky Steve, we're going down to the to the cave to take care of the, the dragon. Come on with us, dude. Don't call me that in front of the troops. <laughs> but yeah, like you, you know, said, like, you'd stop calling me that once we hit level ten. 
<laughs> but I mean, like the, those are those the kind of moments that like a lot of players just like live for. Like they want to yeah. play those. That's why they want to be in those cool games that like run for years long, so they can have that character. Like, dude, have those stories. Yeah, exactly. You know, to be to be able to go like, dude, I got a level nineteen monk. He's got three hundred students. He's got this. He's got this. He's got this. He's got this. He's the grandmaster Fubal of the monkey fist and. This weekend, we're going to get a friggin' dragon orb with fucking green dragons. Like, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> Soon, I'm going to be able to control dragons. But who's going to get the dragon orb? We'll figure that out after we get the dragon orb. <laughs> we'll draw straws. Another tangible thing, straws. Huh? I, th- I think that's also really interesting because, you know, the, the high level party, they've been together for so long and it's going to be like they have their ways of sorting it out. Right. They'll figure it out. And. Yeah, everybody like, will we'll be cool with how it goes down because they've all known each other. Yeah. Okay, I didn't get this artifact, but I did get the last two. <laughs> okay, whatever. And the other guy's like, you know what? I you know yet another artifact I didn't get, but that's okay. We already have plans to go get another one next month. Right. <laughs> well, at least I now have a spare Vorpal blade. You know, and if I ever, and it's not like Steve won't ever call a green dragon if I need one. You know, like <laughs> we're tight. <laughs> right. Um, so one thing I would I would kind of want to bring up too is so in most of these games you're uh, either heroes or adventurers or so uh, you're either heroes or adventurers maybe you're mercenaries maybe you're villains but in some of these games you're heroes so every all these other systems you are expecting to get some sort of reward but uh, if you're playing so say in D&D you're playing say an old school paladin or cleric you're giving away most of your actual money or maybe you're playing a superhero game and you're playing like a superman or a spider-man who they're not going to take any money from any of these criminals small apartment in soho man yeah and they're so they're out doing these things (laughs) all the time (laughs) yeah they're out doing these things all the time and they're not getting at least monetary rewards they're really not getting a lot of tangible rewards so since we've covered both of these topics now uh what would you think would be sort of key for that to keep the boons to keep the player interesting i I think that, that that glory and fame is very much a tangible reward, you know. As much as there's, sure. there's Spider-Man is disliked by the populace, you know, there's also this the long-running tradition of people, you know, cheering as he goes down the street. Yeah, the, the big wigs uh, might not like Spider-Man, but like all the, the, the average Joe Schmo yeah. loves Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? uh, I think they actually said at one point, in-universe, Spider-Man is considered to be one of the most popular heroes. Yeah, definitely in... Uh, just referencing the movies real quick, I mean, there were in the first two movies with Tobey Maguire, there were some really awesome scenes. The one scene where yeah, the they were throwing on, stuff on off the bridge. bridge. And then that the, was an awesome scene. Yeah. And then in the train where the they all... Car. Uh, yeah, on the assembly car when they all held out, you know, to save him from falling after it stopped it and they pulled him back. You know, those were some really awesome scenes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely. They really conveyed exactly, you know, the emotion that the people had, you know, or the feeling that yeah. the people had for him. Yeah. Um, they also, um, just quick on Marvel, because in addition to gaming and everything else, I'm big in the comics. Um, it's not commonly brought up, but there is a... Uh, non-profit foundation that funds the Avengers and works oh, yeah. in Stark Industries. And anybody that's full-time on as an Avenger actually is given a stipend. Um, oh, I see. Some people, like like Thor and I think maybe Captain America will be like, no, I don't need it. Like, give it to charity. Um, but some of them do actually live, work full-time as Avenger, living off the money they get from that. Right, right. So they do kind of get it. It's just not really headlined. 
Yeah. So that could be something you could implement in your game is maybe you're playing a superhero and you're not really looking for monetary rewards, but maybe down the line, you find an employer who's willing to back you so that you can do it full time like or something like that. A sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, you do come across the Tony Stark who's like, you know, yeah. I don't have abilities, but I have money and you should be doing this full time. Yeah. Uh, there's a. Uh trinity blade is an anime and the main character is a priest that took a vow of poverty so the church pays him x number of uh, coins a month and he usually spends most of those coins within the first half of the month so he's constantly begging for food (laughs) and drink and stuff like that or he'll like you know like the whole concept of like you know because again uh, a lot of animes are you know japanese based like you go to a lot of you know you used to be you could go to a lot of cafes and just coffee was you know a bottomless cup of coffee for like a quarter kind of concept or coffee was free so you've seen a lot of these scenes where he's like can i get a cup of tea with 37 sugars because he's trying to turn this like free liquid into like some sort of substance right (laughs) he's trying to get all his calories for the day (laughs) but at the same time like he can turn into a freaking kruznik which is this you know and the the concept in that anime a kruznik is above a vampire in the food chain they can actually eat and destroy vampires and he's the only one of his kind so uh it's pretty funny, like, you know, in his normal form, he looks like a regular humble human, just like begging for free sugar in his tea. But then he turns into this all powerful being that can destroy everything else, you know, basically. And that's and that's really what everybody wants to be is let's become all powerful. So, yeah. So the other thing you can do is like do like divine boons, you know, what I mean, not just like, uh, you know, here's a title, here's a reputation, but like actually grant more power to you you know what i mean like okay uh you've been a cleric of paylor for 20 levels for your entire life you've done me a few solids you've saved the world a few times if you're level 20 probably um i'm gonna reward you with eternal life or i'm gonna reward you or stat boost yeah or i'm gonna reward you with the ability to call upon my divine power once per month where if you're ever in dire needs you just you know say a prayer to me and i'll send down an avatar to smite whatever's you know in front of you <laughs> you know what i mean like right. something something crazy awesome that you know or isn't you, in a book somewhere <laughs> you no longer have to roll dice to heal you just heal maximum amount automatically yeah exactly you know, yeah. that sort of stuff you know you can or like we were talking last time extra powers yeah 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 you know something as simple again like paylor's the the sun god something as simple as like you can use the sunlight spell at will yeah, and I guess you're right. Extra or powers, spell, I mean. but in this, where it in that other the other time we mentioned it was out of character, you make it an in character thing. Like the god comes down to grant this to your character right, or yeah. something. Yeah, not just something between you and the player, but something right. like that's actually given to the player. In I like game. that. I like Probably that. the character in game. Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's wrap it up because we we've been talking for a little while. We could probably keep going on more and more. I think we're actually possibly bumping up to being one of our longest episodes i wonder why we had two parts on this yeah <laughs> could have made it a three-parter probably. maybe <laughs> probably uh and we might come back and touch on it later on on another episode we don't plan that far ahead we have the big list of topics and then we go with it um so and if you have any questions or comments or good stories about rewarding your players with a physical or non-physical in-game rewards or if you have any questions anything you'd like to hear or topics you'd like to hear definitely feel free to get in touch with us we're on twitter gms studios 
we have our message boards, GameMasterStudios.ProBoards.com. And, of course, we're on Facebook. You can track us down, like, comment, subscribe. Feel free to ask us questions. We discuss. We've been giving specific advice and tips for people who have questions. And, of course, discussing the shows. Uh, we are here every week with new material. And we will circle around and see you the next time we're in the studio.